At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. The biggest games of the football season are coming, and Bet Rivers is introducing new parlay features just in time for the playoff push. For your next bet, try a new multi game parlay and combine bets across games to make your perfect combo. Combine player props, game bets, and even different same game parlays into one multi game parlay. Make your parlay today at Bet Rivers. Download the BetRivers app or go to BetRivers.com to place your bet. This is the Pittsburgh CityCast with Tim Benz, presented by BetRivers. If the Steelers are to make a New Year's resolution for 2022, here's a good place to start. Don't put yourself in a position where you need the Jacksonville Jaguars to win in Week 17 as your means to get into the playoffs. That probably should be resolution number one, but that's where Mike Tomlin and the Steelers are to end the 2021 regular season. I am Tim Benz, and this is the first Pittsburgh CityCast of 2022. I rang out 2021 in style with a great run through the bowls. Wisconsin and Baylor were my two big plays. They came through. Matt Corral getting injured for Ole Miss certainly didn't hurt my cause against Baylor in the Sugar Bowl. Hate to see it. I hated even more the preening from Pitt fans almost finger-wagging at the kid's injury so they can leverage an I-told-you-so tweet about how smart Kenny Pickett was for not playing in the Peach Bowl against Michigan State. But hey, that's a Pitt fan for you, and that was another reason to bet against Pitt in the Peach Bowl, and I cashed in there. Betting against the Panthers, that worked out. Sparty getting a big win for me. Betting against Penn State, or also said betting on Arkansas was another winner, as were Alabama and Georgia, Utah, and the over in the Rose Bowl as well. Really, only Notre Dame was a big loser for me. That goes for the NFL as well. I ended up with the Bengals plus five and the Chiefs. Didn't see them on the money line, though. Got to admit that. The Rams were a letdown against the Ravens. I can't believe Baltimore hung in like the Ravens did. That was a stunner. Rams ended up winning by a point, but certainly didn't cover. Chargers were a winner to balance that out. Packers a winner as well, which brings us to tonight. Steelers versus Browns, Monday Night Football, the Big Ben goodbye game at Heinz Field. I'll be on the DVE pregame show at 4. It's a game where the Steelers had been 3.5-point underdogs most of the week, but by Monday morning, the line had shifted to Steelers minus 2 on Bet Rivers. You can go to BetRivers.com or... You can download the app today to get in on the action. Now, that line shift is because the Browns became mathematically eliminated during the course of Sunday afternoon's play. 
I hope Steelers fans got in on this one because that was a gift. I've been saying all week this is a game where I actually think it's okay to play the storyline and not the gambling line because while football X's and O's may lean me in one direction, the football X and O better in me says take the Browns. The football fan in me says take the Steelers because Big Ben ain't losing to the Cleveland Browns at Heinz Field during his last game in Pittsburgh. That's just not happening. At least that's what the little black and gold elf on the shelf is whispering in my ear before I put him away for the year. At the very worst, it should be close. So if you're giving me more than a field goal, as the lines were in the early part of the week, I sure as heck am taking it, and I did before all the movement happened. The actual football angle, though, may have you leaning towards the Browns, And now that they're getting two points, I would understand why you would go there and why, if you were someone inclined to bet on Cleveland, you were wise to wait. Heck, take the Browns, the plus 112 money line, or if you want to go more conservative, you could buy up a point and get the field goal cover in case Ben Roethlisberger leads another late fourth quarter game-winning drive to add to his Heinz Field legacy, right? After all, the most head-scratching outcome of the 2021 Steelers wasn't their 16-16 tie against the then 0-8 Detroit Lions back in November. I mean, come on, we've been pretty used to seeing the Steelers underperform against lesser competition in recent years, haven't we? I'd argue this team's biggest surprise came during a 15-10 victory against the Cleveland Browns back in Week 8. Not because the Steelers managed to win up in Cleveland, but because the team's lousy run defense somehow bottled up the highly effective Browns rushing attack. Cleveland entered that game tops in the NFL at 170.4 yards per game on the ground, yet the Steelers held them to 96. That was on the heels of yielding 144 in the previous game to the Seattle Seahawks, 5.9 yards per carry the week before against the Denver Broncos, 131 yards in week four versus the Green Bay Packers, and 90 yards on 18 carries to Joe Mixon in Week 3 when the Cincinnati Bengals came to Heinz Field. Since that anomaly of a performance from the rush defense occurred back in Week 8 against the Browns, the Steelers have allowed 100 rushing yards every game. The average rushing performance from opponents is 174.9 yards per outing during that span of eight games. That is ghastly. The defense's overall average of 142.7 Yards against to the ground over the course of 2021 ranks the Steelers dead last in the NFL. The Steelers are 29th in rushing. They are 32nd against the rush. These are the Pittsburgh Steelers we're talking about. Meanwhile, due to injuries and COVID restrictions surrounding the backs and the linemen, the Browns' offensive rush game has dipped since the Steelers last saw them. The Cleveland rush attack is now at 144.9 yards per game. That's still third behind the Eagles and Colts. There was a recent three-game stretch where the Browns were only able to muster an average of 73 yards per contest, though. The rush attack at least managed to snap back into shape for Nick Chubb and company on Christmas Day against the Packers. 219 yards on the ground, Chubb at 126. Cleveland also still has a 5.1 yards per carry average tied with the Eagles and Colts for the best in the NFL. So if the Steelers fail in containing the run, that makes quarterback Baker Mayfield dangerous because he's adept at running play action. He's also capable of hurting opponents on bootlegs and rollouts off of that play action. Furthermore, Cleveland's running backs may be even more dangerous now than they were when the teams met in October because Kareem Hunt is available to the Browns. 
He missed that game against the Steelers, has been in and out of the lineup due to calf injuries and COVID-19 issues, but the main focus is on stopping Nick Chubb first. Despite just 61 yards against the Steelers earlier this year, he's third in the NFL with 1,143 yards rushing. And as Mike Tomlin said earlier in the season, some of those, you know, five, six, seven-yard runs that you saw from Alex Collins, well, you know what? If Mika Fitzpatrick hadn't been there, maybe they're 25-yard runs. Same thing for Dante Foreman. It's what it looked like when DeAndre Swift and Dalvin Cook were running the ball, and that's what it could look like with Nick Chubb on Monday night. Third in the NFL with 1,143 rushing yards. And based on things have gone of late for the Steelers' rush defense, plenty of extra reinforcement may be necessary. And sadly, the reinforcement for the Steelers, what they've got this Sunday coming up, that reinforcement is the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Steelers' path to the AFC playoffs will now have to go through the wild card instead of the AFC North. That's because, as we pointed out earlier, the Bengals clinched the North with a 34-31 win over the Kansas City Chiefs. So that means the Steelers need to win against the Browns tonight and in Baltimore next week. Plus, they'll need the 2-14 Jaguars to upset the 9-7 Colts. Sounds pretty bleak, right? After all, the Jags just lost 50-10 in New England Sunday afternoon. Jacksonville allowed 181 yards rushing and only gained 80 on their own. Keep in mind that the Colts also have Jonathan Taylor. He had 108 yards on the ground Sunday against the Raiders, bringing his 2021 total to 1,734 to lead the NFL. Trevor Lawrence is up to an NFL-leading 17 interceptions, and the Jaguars lead the NFL with 29 giveaways. The Colts have an AFC best 33 takeaways. So how are things looking so far? Not real good, right? I mean, at least the game is in Jacksonville. The Jags hung with the Colts earlier this year, losing by final just 23-17. to That said, Bet Rivers has the Colts as a 14.5-point favorite already. In other words, see ya at the draft, see ya in free agency, and see ya Sunday in Baltimore in what will probably be a meaningless game for both the Ravens and Steelers and who thought that would be the case when the NFL schedule was released? You saw Ravens-Steelers in Week 18, and you probably thought to yourself, well, that one's getting flexed to Sunday night. No, for all we know, it might not have any playoff attachment whatsoever. We talk about that with Mark Madden next. It is our Madden Monday podcast here on the Pittsburgh CityCast, brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the app today or go to BetRivers.com. Bet River Sportsbook wants you to be in control of your football bets. That's why players love the same game parlays at Bet Rivers. Same game parlays let you mix and match player props and game bets and gives a payout boost to the winning combinations you want to root for. Combine two bets or combine many. You pick your confidence level and then watch the game unfold. Bet on same game parlays at BetRivers.com or download the Bet Rivers app. Presented by Rivers Casino Pittsburgh. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. It is a Madden Monday podcast brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the app today or go online to betrivers.com. The Steelers had a really bad day on Sunday and they didn't even play. Tim Benz with you, being joined by Mark Madden as always. Each and every Monday brought to you by Bet Rivers. The Steelers going into Monday night 
now down to one-point underdogs because the Cleveland Browns got eliminated. The over-under up to 42. I like the over in that game. I like the Steelers to cover the one-point spread and win outright. We'll talk to Mark about that. Mark, of course, you can read him at Trib Live a couple times a week as well as listen to him Monday through Friday on 105.9 The X. But the playoff picture, extremely bleak now for the Steelers after they watched the Bengals win the AFC North against the Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday. They also saw the Raiders win. They saw the Chargers win. So that means that the Steelers have to win on Monday against the Browns to keep their playoff hopes alive. They've got to beat the Ravens on Sunday to keep the playoff hopes alive. And in order to get in, those two things need to happen. And the Jaguars need to beat the Indianapolis Colts on Sunday as well. The Jags come in at 2-14, and 14, the Colts at 9-7. and seven. So, Mark, as we've been saying for weeks now, the Steelers needed to get in through the division, and if they weren't going to do that, getting in through the wild card was going to be incredibly difficult. And here it is, as hard, if not harder, than we predicted. Well, as we've been saying for about a month now, they're just not going to make the playoffs. There's too many teams to jump over. As you mentioned, the Bengals clinched the division, so the AFC North option has disappeared. And now this will be three times in four years they've not made the playoffs. And uh, with any other franchise, you'd be asking some very serious questions about the way you do things. But with the Steelers, they'll just come back next year, do exactly the same thing, and be somehow surprised when it gets even worse. Not only that, Mark, but in looking at the division, the only reason the Ravens are where they are right now, I think, is due to injury down the stretch with Lamar Jackson. And the Bengals, they ripped it away from Baltimore and Pittsburgh. And I think they're going to be on top of the AFC North for a couple years now. Yeah, Jamar Chase was just amazing, and that went over Kansas City. And uh, I agree. I think they're going to win the AFC North uh, for the next several seasons. And uh, Never mind the records. If you've watched the Steelers, Ravens, Browns, and Bengals play this season, is there any doubt in your mind? Is there any doubt in anybody's mind that Cincinnati is by far the best team in the division? Uh, they underachieved in a couple games, lost a few they shouldn't, but they are by far the cream of the AFC North, and they're only going to get better. Yeah, and I think that victory over the Chiefs today underscores a lot of what you're saying insofar as when you look at the games that they've lost, they do what the Steelers have done in the past when the Steelers have been good. They tend to overlook inferior competition. But when they've got to play teams where it matters, they're good. I mean, the only team, Mark, that they've failed to beat that has a better record than them was Green Bay once. Aside from that, it's been these dinky upset losses to teams like the Jets. Yeah, I don't know that they've overlooked anybody. I just think they're a young team that in some ways is arriving a year earlier than I thought they would. Not that I... I, I believe they wouldn't be competitive in the AFC North this year. I'm not sure I thought they would win it, let alone look the part so decisively in, in doing so, although the margin of them winning division will be relatively close. How much does this moot the response to the fans and how they interact with Roethlisberger and the tone of the game against the Browns on Monday night? Uh, I don't know. I, I, it shouldn't. Uh, in any way diminish the response Ben gets and the love and respect on his way out the door for the final time at Heinz Field. But it makes the game just as shy and meaningless. Although, one thing Steeler fans have always been good at, Tim, is fooling themselves into thinking there's a chance when none really exists. So, 
as long as mathematically there's a shot, and there definitely will be, you know, I, I don't think that they'll 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 become shrinking uh, violets uh, at Heinz Field for Ben's finale, not by any means. I want to go back to the point that you made in your first response, though, Mark, and that was about the significant changes that are needed for the Steelers and the lack of likelihood of them making them. I don't know how you divorce that sentiment from saying goodbye to Roethlisberger because it's not just about replacing the quarterback to make the Steelers good again next year. Even for somebody like me that wants to see a Wilson or a Rodgers come here, they're not a finished product if that quarterback does arrive. Tim, even more than that, Ben's the last in line. Ben's the last connection to the Steelers winning Super Bowls on the field. And to my mind, he's the last real Steeler except for Cam Hayward. I mean, where do you think this team's going in terms of culture, in terms of leadership, in terms of all the intangible things that made the Steelers the Steelers? A lot of that was Ben Roethlisberger, although it got away from him and got away from Hayward some over the last couple of years. But uh, that's going to get worse before it gets better if indeed it ever gets better. Mark, Steelers uh, still underdogs in the game against the Browns. Should they be, or is this one that they win based on the storyline as opposed to the gambling line? Uh, If the Browns run the ball, they're going to win, period. You know, never mind the story, never mind Ben. Browns ain't got no sympathy for Ben. Browns want to, you know, exercise their mathematical chance down to the last week, although... They're even a bit worse off than the Steelers. I'm not even sure if they can't get back into it uh, by winning tomorrow night, but uh, no, the Browns aren't going to roll over, and if they run the ball, they'll win handily because the Steelers can't stop the run. It doesn't matter, you know, the magic of Ben's last game. Ben ain't played good all year. You know, he's had a couple decent quarters, a couple decent halves, but for the most part, he's proven he should not have played. Now, that shouldn't diminish the respect in lobby gets, but that's still a fact. Mark, I was looking back at some history, you know, like when Bradshaw left and what was there remaining when he was gone. And the Steelers turned around, and it's kind of fudging it to say the first year after Bradshaw because he barely played in his last year. He only played one game. But, you know, they won the division with Mark Malone, but that team had John Stallworth having his best year, a rookie of the year in Lewis Lips, a defense that was second in the conference against the run and fifth overall Five Pro Bowlers that year. There were components left on that team. And, boy, I pity Mason Rudolph if he's the guy in line next season. Well, that's why he'll be the guy in line next season. To make it a real rebuild the next year, you're saying? Well, because they know they're not going to be that good. So let's see how he does and and then make decisions from there regarding the quarterback position. But quarterback is not near the story this coming offseason. Not even close. I mean, I know it's the most important position on the team. And most franchises go as the quarterback goes. But if the Steelers could get Ben to play another year in his prime, I'm not sure they do very good. I'm not sure they make the playoffs with, with that offensive line, with that defensive line, with those inside linebackers, with those cornerbacks. It's it's a team that has a lot of holes, Tim. And some of those holes are going to get even bigger and tougher to patchwork. I mean, Joe Hayden's going to leave. Who's that leaving at cornerback? Shooks is going to leave, and as bad as he was, that's one of your starting tackles. They're they're just screwed so bad, and nobody seems to want to acknowledge it. Yeah, and it and Alualu may not come back at all, let alone from injury, but at all next season. Might have to replace both inside linebackers, or at the very least replace Schobert, and you should be looking to replace Bush because he stinks. 
Uh, yeah, you're right about that. And I've been critical of the wide receivers too, Mark. I know that you heard Mike Tomlin try to protect them a bit and Matt Canada too, but with Juju out and Claypool not progressing and James Washington regressing, it's Deontay Johnson and nobody else to throw the ball to. Tim, ain't nobody tried to protect anybody. They don't know what they're doing. The coaching staff, you mean? <laughs> well, no, I mean, in terms of roster assembly, I mean, Matt Canada was unqualified for that job. He just got it because he happened to be there and have a low salary. Same with the offensive line coach who left. Same with the offensive line coach who's going to replace him, who has temporarily, and I bet gets the job next year. Tim, it is an organization in disarray. In almost every way, an organization can be in disarray. You tell me one thing that team did good this year. You tell me one player who played good every game this year. Cam Hayward comes closest. Uh, T.J. Watt was hurt a lot. Who else is there? Fryermuth and Harris will be good players, are good players, but... Yeah, but they shouldn't have taken Fryermuth. That was a stupid pick. That no, was a sh- luxury pick. They should have taken the center that the Chiefs have, Creed Humphrey. I was saying at the time, I was stunned they bypassed him. Yeah, but they but they have this this talent, or rather this disability, to think they're always close, to think they're better than they are. Mark Madden with us, brought to us again by Bet Rivers. Mark, better exit while strip teasing Antonio Brown or Ned Braden at the end of Slapshot. Actually, Tim, it reminded me more of when Coffee Black quit the Spurs and went back to the Flint Tropics <laughs> at the end of Semi Pro. It was wonderful, and. Uh, <laughs> How about when Bruce Arians wasted like 30 seconds cutting him afterwards, just said he is no longer a buck. Now, uh, as we tape this, I don't know why he did it. I'm assuming it's because he wasn't getting the stats he needed to get to his bonuses, which between catches, receiving yards, and touchdowns could have uh, got him another million bucks. And it was evident that he just wasn't going to get it. I think he got benched in this game. That's the end of his career. That's it, period, right there. Absolute end. Yeah, and I think I wouldn't put it past Antonio Brown to have forgotten that there's a 17th game and he had one more week to try to get those bonuses. Well, I am tired already of people saying, well, you know, he took a lot of hits. He's, he has CTE. He needs help. We should feel sorry for him. F Antonio Brown. Anything that bad that happens for him, I am in utter favor of. He was an a-hole from the minute he left the womb. Has he taken some hits? Yeah. But he was a jerk before he took hit number one. So anything bad that happens to him, I'm here for. I think it's great. Oh, Mark, the entire CBS postgame show was, oh, Antonio needs help. How much more help can you give him? He's been given all the help known to man. You reap what you sow. He had everything and effed it up. You reap what you sow, and I can't wait till he's broke and destitute. I hope, Tim, I hope that I'm driving at some kind of, I don't know, overpassionate where the homeless people are that beg for change on the highway. (laughs) I hope one day I open the window at San Antonio Brown, and I will magnanimously give him 50 cents. Given the box score from today's game where he could have been part of the comeback against the Jets and maybe he would have hit his bonuses today if he had just shut up and been patient. Um, Isn't it great that they just had that unbelievable distraction and Brady still brought him back from way down to beat, albeit the Jets, but it's still something. Uh, Mark, speaking about having it all and nearly blowing it, how about the Penguins and their return at PPG Paints Arena? Six to one, the score after one. They cling to life and win six to five. Well, eight to five, Tim. Oh, sorry, eight to five, eight to five, yeah. 
Erod scored to make it 7-5, then Rust put through the empty net. Uh, Rust and Erod both got hat-tricks. Hey, a win is a win is a win. Casey DeSmith was just horrible, but still that's eight straight wins. And to get a victory after being off for two weeks and missing the guys up front and Tristan Jari uh, that they were due to COVID, I think that uh, I think that speaks well. But none of my teams did good with the lead today. Tim Liverpool were up 2-0 at Chelsea and ended up tying 2-2. So, uh, so much for playing from ahead. How sustainable is the Erod thing for the rest of the year, do you think? That's 13 goals now, right? Yeah. It's a lot of goals. Well, I think a lot of it, ha- hey, if he's the one that says so much of it has to do with confidence and opportunity, and I think the confidence is coming from opportunity, what happens with the opportunity when Malkin comes back and some of the lines get rejiggered from there? What do you think about that angle? Well, I think Gino's just going to ruin the structure. I think he's going to beat it to death with a sledgehammer. I think he's going to play how he wants, and that'll ruin one line. And, Tim, you can't play different systems with different lines. You can maybe have one line play a little different if that line plays more defensive, like a traditional third or fourth line. But to have one line just play wide open, and my worry is he'll drag Latang down with him if Latang plays too often behind Gino. But I'm not sure that affects Erod. Well, it could depend on who Erod plays with. But Erod is finishing with a lot of style and panache, Tim. I mean, those three goals today were all goal scorers' goals. Yeah, I agree with that. And I saw a lot of that, especially uh, the game right before their mini-pandemic came back and halted them for a couple weeks, Mark. The snipe that he has, the one-timer, seems to be lively with Rodriguez this year. Tim, I I swear to God this is a legit comparison. He finishes like I used to in deck hockey. I watch him score. I said, I scored goals like that. I scored a goal like that specifically. No, I'm serious. I remember. He is the Mark Madden of ice hockey, <laughs> or I'm the Erod of, no, I was better than that. I was the Mike Boppy. <laughs> well, I wasn't that good, but you get my drift. Um, would you make, and I, I hesitate to do this with Gino because of, you know, his English, English language issues. And like you've talked about many times on your show, Mark, the way he's portrayed, it's almost cartoonish. Yeah, the people think he's a cartoon character. But um, his comments, such as they were about, hey, I'm a rich guy anyway, sort of inferring that he'd take a hometown discount. How much at all do you believe that? Josh Yoey thinks he would give a hometown discount. I don't think he'll give one penny off. I wonder if he would give a hometown discount if Florida and Tampa are out of the mix. It's a good question. Like t- Because, you know, he has a home in yeah. Florida. But they don't need him. Neither team needs him. Well, that's sort of what I'm getting at. If it's not to be had, were they but out? If I'm, if I'm Florida's coach and GM, I'm thinking, we want to bring this old guy in to go against the grain of everything we're doing? Yeah. Yeah. So, so I, I don't know. I mean, you know, he might give a hometown discount if nobody else wants to pay him huge money, but somebody will. Depending on how he plays and how healthy he is when he comes back. So if they don't sign him, would they sign Latang? I don't think they're going to sign either. I, I don't think either will give a hometown discount, so I think they're both gone. What about trade deadline? They keep playing like this. They don't move them, though, do they? They should. Because as good as they're playing right now, they ain't going to win the Stanley Cup. So they should trade both for a number one pick each at the trade deadline, plus a little bit more on top of that, probably an NHL player, but they're just not going to do that. They're gonna, Tim, they could be dead last in the Metro, and they would keep them through the end of the season because they don't want to anger Sid. Seriously, there's a lot to that. Anger is a strong word. They don't want to disappoint Sid. Mark, I don't know what you were able to glean from seeing any reaction after Matt Corral got hurt and Kenny Pickett didn't play and Nick Patty, the backup quarterback for Pitt, he got hurt as well. But 
My God, the preening from Panther fans on behalf of Kenny Pickett was just too much for me to bear. Well, I, I don't think he should have played. I, I, I hate idiots like Danny Cannell, who is proselytizing. People are making a me decision instead of a team decision. It's too easy today to make a me decision. Well, of course it's easy for you to say that because, you know, you made as much money as a backup quarterback's going to make, but you were a backup quarterback in the NFL. You peaked in college. So, of course, you're going to look at it from that perspective. And, uh, but what, what gets lost in the, in the discussion is Kenny Pickett didn't ditch a meaningful game. He ditched an absolutely meaningless game, just like Matt Corral should have ditched his absolutely meaningless game. I mean, I guess that ankle injury doesn't look like it's too serious, but let's say it even drops him half around him. You know, just a suspicion, not knowing, yada, yada, recovery, et cetera. Mm-hmm. What if it drops him half a lot? How much money is that? It's not, it's not worth one thin dime to play in a meaningless game, and that's the word that has to be put out there more meaningless. Kenny Pickett didn't ditch a playoff game. Matt Corral didn't choose to play in a playoff game as opposed to ditching to protect his draft status. The Peach Bowl was meaningless. Uh, what game did Corral play in? He played in the Sugar Bowl. Meaningless. So that's the word you have to put in there when you discuss this. If they go to eight, I said Kenny Pickett did the right thing long before Kenny Pickett even decided to do the right thing, and long before um, Matt Corral got hurt or or uh, Patty. Mark, if they go to eight, do the rest of the bowls just die? I hope so. Yeah, I, I don't need them. I mean, they're a way to pass but the, the thing time. But going to eight is okay is that it doesn't matter. They should have like a three-team playoff, Alabama, Georgia, and whoever the other team is. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, Team all, X. All it's going to be, all the, all the quarterfinal games is, will provide is cannon fodder for the very, very top teams. Cincinnati has played in how many New Year's six games and never won one, right? Well, Notre Dame hasn't won 10 in a row now. They're Notre Dame. We should just have Bama and Georgia play best of seven after they get like three games worth of warm-up during the season. Well, Mark, after uh, speaking with you for many months since you have jumped on Succession, Rob Owen, the podcast I do with him for the trip as well, TV critic, he's a huge fan of Succession. I use the holidays to start diving in. Uh, I'm now two episodes in. I wouldn't say I'm hooked, but I'm very much intrigued to keep it going. Uh, will Will this continue to hold my interest for the next three seasons? You've only watched the first two episodes of Succession dating back to season one. Yes, I just started, yes. I can't discuss that, Tim. I don't even remember what happened in season one. Well, season one is the the dad, the, the owner of the company, has a stroke right away and is in the hospital. I just went through the hospital scene where everybody's angling. Yeah, Tim, it's, it's a great show. I just can't go back that long. I'm, I'm, I'm three episodes deep into karate, I mean, Cobra Kai. <laughs> How's that going? It's so hokey, it's great. And, and again, Tim, I can speak in generalities. This whole story is based on relationships between high school kids, right? Yes. And, and they're not, none of them are having sex. <laughs> I mean, like, you know, this poor Miguel kid, he's been going out with LaRusso's daughter for the best part of two seasons now. And like the other day, they get in the car together and, and they give each other a chaste peck on the cheek. I mean, that kid got to be ready to bust. <laughs> As always, my thanks to Mark Madden for joining me on the Madden Monday podcast brought to you by Bet Rivers. You can see us, Madden Ben's Unfiltered, 9.30 a.m. on Monday morning. Trib Live Facebook stream. Read Mark and the Trib. Listen to him on 105.9 The X 
and check me out on the pregame show in advance of Steelers versus Browns, 4 o'clock on DVE. I'll be on with Dale Lolly and with Rob King, so make sure you're listening to that. Also, make sure you're listening here to the Pittsburgh CityCast tomorrow morning. I'll have our instant microwave reaction podcast to what happened on Monday night. And we'll talk hockey with Brian Metzer of the Pittsburgh Penguins Radio Network. All that coming up on the Pittsburgh CityCast brought to you by Bet Rivers on Tuesday. Bet Rivers Sportsbook wants you to be in control of your football bets. That's why players love the same game parlays at Bet Rivers. Same game parlays let you mix and match player props and game bets and gives a payout boost to the winning combinations you want to root for. Combine two bets or combine many. You pick your confidence level and then watch the game unfold. Bet on same game parlays at betrivers.com or download the Bet Rivers app. Presented by Rivers Casino Pittsburgh. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare